0: Acts chapter 3. Are you there? Most of you still look the same. Of course, my eyes are going with everything else, so let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. That in the midst of all the uncertainty, that in the midst of all things that happen and transpire, that you are the eternal, everlasting God. That you remain the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you've never been surprised. And for that we are indeed grateful. Thank you, our Father, for the privilege that we have of being together in your house this day. And now, Father, in a very special way, we ask that God the Holy Spirit will move and minister to each of our hearts where we are that we might be brought to where You would have us to be. You know each of us. You know exactly what our needs are. So, Father, do that that is for each of our good and for Your ultimate glory. May God the Holy Spirit grant His fullness his illumination, his enlightenment. I lift to you Dublin First Baptist Church, the pastor search team, the leadership, and ask, Holy Father, that you will continue that that you have commenced and bring it to your own conclusion. And now, Father... Speak to our hearts, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amanda was the only child of parents who had meager resources. They had struggled to save enough money to enroll her in college. On this particular evening, they are returning home when they are hit head on and both of them sadly killed. Amanda is devastated. The only family she has, gone. She doesn't have the resources to stay in college. As she looks at life, Life for her no longer is worth living. She walks out into the night. She crosses the bridge that leads out of the city. And she crawls over the rail. And she looks down into that deep flowing water. And she has one purpose in mind. She is going to plunge into that deep flowing water. She takes one final look back into the city. And as she does, she sees something that suddenly arrests her attention. She looks back into the water and looks back into the city. She crawls back over that rail walks back into the city, goes to the church whose steeple was lit. She makes her way in and finds the pastor, and she asks this question, What is there under this steeple that will keep me from jumping off the bridge? So that's a question I have for you this morning. What's under the steeple? Well, now, I don't want to be too simplistic, but right now you are under the steeple, correct? Now, in Acts chapter 3... There are some things that are and others that ought to be under the steeple. And there are three things that we're going to notice. First, what's under the steeple? In verses 2 through 5, what's under the steeple? First, under the steeple are hurting people hurting people and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John Peter said look on us so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, here is a Baptist theme song, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now every person in here is able to see that the text in front of us is descriptive of physical hurt, can't we? This man has physical needs. Now, if you aren't this morning, then you will be at some point in your journey, probably before long... You're going to have some physical hurt. Count on it. Of one kind or another. Now, there probably some of you young folks are going to say, no, not me. I'm going to be immune. I'm never going to have hurt. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. You never are and there might be some here this morning say well nobody among us this morning has any hurt that would be a great era for you see there are emotional hurts there are spiritual hurts there're financial hurts there're social hurts now this man's hurt His physical hurt is reflective of all the hurt that's among us. But there are two things I want you to notice about hurting people that are under the steeple. First, look at please his condition. Now it says very simple in verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. Now, He can't walk and he can't work. He has a deformity and he is dependent. Is that right? That's right in the text. Now that in and of itself speaks to us spiritually about our need. How so? Because You and I are lame through the fall. You and I cannot walk in fellowship with God because we are lame in, through, and by sin and we cannot walk with God until we have come to faith in Jesus Christ. He couldn't walk. He couldn't work. You and I can't walk in fellowship with the Lord Jesus until we have repented of our sin. His condition. Now, there's one positive thing to be said about his condition. What is it? This man knew he was lame, he knew he was lame. Which leads me to ask us, do we know our true spiritual condition? Do we know where we are spiritually? This man knew his condition. Now the second thing I want you to notice about hurting people, not only his condition, but secondly his call who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. Now, I do not believe this man is positioned where he is by accident. Do you? No. I don't think he's where he is by accident. I think this man has arranged for him to be placed where he is because he is expecting something to be given to him by those individuals that are entering the temple. And he calls out. He's asking for alms. Now, I don't know too many churches, as a matter of fact, I don't know any, that would allow panhandling at the door. And yet I do believe, I do believe that those that are without, Expect those that are within to be different. That's what verse 5 said. Look at it. Read it again. So he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Now he's expecting to receive something from them. The world has a right to to expect something different from you and me. And I'm not talking about dollars. I'm talking about the reality of something different in our lives being projected through us. I think sometimes we have this mindset... If people want to know about the Lord, they know where the church house is. Do you think so? We think because they ride by this road that they know where the church house is. Well, let me clue you in on something. People that don't know the Lord that ride by this church don't know what goes on in here, and more where they don't care what goes on in here. Don't want to upset you, but they don't. They don't know. Neither do they care. Okay, made you mad. Okay, all right. No, they don't. They they don't know. They don't care. What's under the steeple? Hurting people are under the steeple. Secondly, what's under the steeple? Helpful people are under the steeple. Verse 1, verse 4, and 6 and 7. Now actually, there are three groups of helpful people. First is the group that physically carried the man. Second, those who gave alms. Third, the one we want to look at, those who sought to minister to him. Four things about helpful people. First in verse 1, helpful people are people of prayer. Verse 1 says that they're going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. Now, you don't have to go to church to pray, right? But people that pray regularly do go to church when they have the opportunity to do so. You agree? Mm -hmm. Now, these individuals, and by the way, the temple is not the church. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably, but I want you to know that I know the temple is not the church. But let me say this it is it's the temple depending on your perspective either it is rich in tradition or it is ruined by tradition most churches are the same way look real spiritual at me <laughs> they're either rich in tradition or they're ruined by tradition And it depends on your perspective, but it's the same tradition. Say amen, lights. I mean, it is. And that was them. Now, why are they going? Now, really, it's a dead place. The temple's a dead place. So why are they going up there, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, to a dead church to pray? Well, here it is. They cared about what people thought of them. It was their reputation. Now, I used to be one of these little smart elite preachers that run around and say, Well, I don't care what people think about me. One of the most ridiculous things I ever said in my life. I do care what you think about me. I do. Now if it comes down to whether or not I'm going to believe the word or that or another then you'll have to take that up with the Lord. But I do care. That's my reputation. I care. It was their reputation. It was a part of their practice. Their daily practice. Where's prayer in your Daily. Not only were they helpful people, people of prayer, but if you look further, you'll see their perception in verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him, this is Peter and John. Now that's not just looking at him. That is seeing beneath the surface. And I think what is implied is this. He's seeing this man as an object of divine love and of infinite value and worth. I think one of the great tragedies of the 21st century church is simply this. We have failed to see individuals of worth in the eyes of Jesus. That they are loved with the same love. They're loved with the same love that you were loved with that brought you from the pits of hell. Peter saw him. And when you and I see individuals in that same light, then compassion and concern and commitment will flow from us. But then there's a third thing. Possession. Now look at verse 6. Here's Peter's words. Silver and gold have I none. King James' words. But, such as I have, I give you his possession. Peter is saying to him, No, I don't have alms for you. But what I do have, that I'm willing to give you. Now, what do you and I have this morning That we, what do you and I have this morning that is really going to alter the destinies of mankind? Just one thing. And that's the Lord Jesus. Just one. That's Jesus. And Peter says, what I have, that I give you. I wonder sometimes do we really believe do we really believe that Jesus Christ can alter the destinies of mankind? Then let's share Him Others. Then the fourth thing about helpful people is their participation. Now look at verse 7. And Peter reached forth his right hand and took him. Now, by this I gather that Peter is not ashamed to be identified with this man, nor is he afraid to touch him. How are others going to know Of the marvelous love of the Lord Jesus. Or how is it going to be conveyed to them. If you and I don't do it. If you and I are not participating. In sharing. How are they going to know. The probability is that they will not know. You know I. I. I'll go out on a limb here and say something. Um, everything that is done in this place is to make ministry touching possible. That's why you have nursery in this service. Do you know that? So, A mom and dad that doesn't know Jesus can sit out here and hear the word. So don't you sit there and say, I put my time in. You don't punch a time clock with God. You do not punch a time clock with God. Say, well, my kids are grown, gone, thank God. They may be, but you can still rock a baby. This is a hard crowd this morning. I need to yell and come back. What I'm saying to you is everything the church does is to minister and to make touching lives possible. And there's something you can do. So how's your participation level? Everybody ought to participate in something Good night, y'all are tough. I mean, I'm just telling you straight up, you ought to participate in something. Get that nominating worksheet, fill it out, you know. Make me feel good if you did turn it in blank. But do something with it. Okay. What's under the steeple? Hurting people. What's under the steeple? Helpful people. What's under the steeple? Hope for people. There's hope for people under the steeple. You know, probably one word that characterizes the masses of this generation above any other is hopeless. There are multiplied thousands of individuals who would rather not face tomorrow if they think it's going to be like yesterday. Hope for people. Three things that give hope. Look at verses 9 through 12. And you see the amazement of the people. Verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This, what happens here is is not done in secret. They all know that this is the man that was lame. And they see him walking and praising God. And they see this and they're absolutely amazed by what God has done. Now let me ask you a question. What impact would it make on those without if those within begin to act like this fella? I'll leave it at that. I mean, you know, uh, I ought to preach a week right there, but I don't. And then, hope for people. In the announcement of Peter, verse 13 The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son. You delivered him up, he says, but God's glorified him. Now, because because they have shown kindness to one, they now have the opportunity to proclaim Jesus to all. This wasn't done in secret. You know, the old song of Stuart Hamlin, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. I've had some dark nights in my life. I used to uh, drive to the church study, and I had that song, God on the Mountain, and I would listen to that on the way, and I'd cry like a baby, because they were dark nights. But I always knew God was God, even though I didn't understand, God was God. And I'm folks. Peter is able to declare, it was a dark night for the Lord. they delivered him up, but God raised him up. And then the abundant provisions. Look at verse eight with me. So he, this is the man that was lame. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Fellas not a bit embarrassed? Quite emotional? Quite excited? Don't you think? Sounds like it. You know... I said about one lady one time, I'd buy her gas if she'd go to a church, if she'd just smile. <laughs> Meaning by that, if she'd move if she'd move her letter from the church I pastored and go anywhere that would cause a smile to cross her face, I'd buy her gas. She was without a doubt the sourest one woman I've ever encountered in my life. And uh, she moved her membership to what she thought was going to be just blah, 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 blah. And she still didn't smile. So, I, you know, folks, don't you think life's just too short to live it miserable? And if God's at work, you see, I think the context reveals that this man is not merely praising the Lord for his healing. I think he's praising the Lord for his helpers. You see, these men crossed his path with a transformational message, and they were willing to share it. Now, Amanda asked, what's under this steeple that'll keep me from jumping off the bridge? The pastor shared with her the message of the gospel and she received Jesus sometimes folks our heart has to hurt to a point that we're willing to say I'm willing to give my hurting heart to Jesus hope is available The little fellow's out on the beach, flying his kite. Cloud comes by, covers the kite, tail, everything. Man, about 100 feet or so away from him, sees the little fellow standing there with his arm up like this, doesn't see anything. says, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm flying my kite man said, I don't see a kite. He said, no, but every once in a while there's a tug on the string. You don't see hope, but if hope's there, folks, every once in a while there's a tug. There's a tug on the heart. What's under the steeple? Now, right now, you are. And you can let your heart hurt, or you can fill it with hope. Today you can say, I'm going to help. I don't know what the Lord wants you to do, but I do know this. He would have you, if you know Jesus, He would have you participate at some level, at something. We're going to stand in a moment. We're going to sing I Surrender All. And you're invited. If you don't know Jesus this morning, give him the hurt of your heart. Let him give you hope. Father, in this your moment of invitation, speak as only you can.